You're listening to The Heart of It Podcast. My name is Sam Smeltzer, and I'm an HR intuitive and healer. In this podcast, we'll chat about what the industry of human resources can make possible for people and our organizations. In each episode, we'll have raw conversation around inner development and organizational culture change to create a working world where both people and organizations thrive. Thank you for listening. Now let's get this episode started. Chapter seven, the separation of self. When it comes to parenting, we are typically our own worst worst critic. Personally, I never know what I'm doing and hope that I'm doing what's best for my children. However, for the most part, this judgment happens internally. With the occasional exception of a close friend and relative maybe disagreeing over your nutritional beliefs, but on this day, I experienced a judgment that went way beyond the exception And it happened with a perfect stranger. Is this really happening? Upon picking up my six-year-old from daycare, my husband discovered that Maddie was not herself. She was in in visible pain, saying that her right ear hurt as a result of a little boy yelling into it very loudly during snack time. She had been battling a summer cold over the previous two weeks, and we thought she had successfully made it through. But her obvious pain and visible exhaustion showed the signs of an ear infection. Our pediatrician would be unable to see Maddie until the following day, so we decided to take her to a local urgent care center that accepts walk-ins. I had used it countless times before, though it was actually on the farthest end of town from us. Regardless, I made the drive because the people who worked there were always so wonderful with my children. When we arrived, there was no visible line, and the lady at check-in was able to register us immediately. I told Maddie to take a seat nearby, hoping that she might be a bit more comfortable. She looked absolutely miserable. While I was finishing up registering her, another family arrived. Out of the entire empty waiting room, they decided to sit in the row across from Maddie. I was watching my daughter pretty intently, making sure that she was okay and as comfortable as possible. I could hear the mother of the newly seated family making small talk with Maddie. She asked her what was wrong and what hurt. Maddie cuddled even more so under her blanket, but being the trooper she is, she attempted to answer those countless questions, even if it was just a nod. The mother was then called to check in at another window. When she got up, she made a comment that Maddie should press charges. I smiled, assuming my daughter had told her about the boy at school. After I finished registering, I sat in the chair next to Maddie, feeling completely helpless. I hope we would be, would soon be called to go back to be seen. The other mother returned shortly as well. I casually smiled at her, wanting to send a nonverbal thank you for being so caring to my sick child in the waiting room. However, her response was unexpected. She stared right at me and said, disgusting. She then continued to make comments along the lines of certain people just shouldn't have children and that she would never yell at her children so loudly their ears hurt as a result. She then reiterated to her children how much she loves them and how other people don't love their children as much. In between this commentary, she kept repeating disgusting and simply glared at me. After it became clear she was not going to stand down, I finally engaged and asked what. 
Her quick response was, you know what? You disgust me. I would never bring my my child to the doctor and sit here innocently when it was my fault she was here in pain in the first place. In that moment, I realized where her anger stemmed from. She thought I hurt my child, that I caused her pain. She had judged me. Her eyes were filled with anger and hatred. She believed I was a child abuser. The woman continued getting louder, making remarks that someone should call the cops and report me to child services, but no one in the office seemed to react to the woman. In fact, everyone around me acted like they were completely unaware of what was happening. I was left to endure the judgment, hatred, and anger alone. I was also left to somehow provide a level of comfort and safety to my six-year-old in these uncertain and pretty much unbelievable circumstances. But what happened next caught me off guard. Her judgments drove me inward and caused me to question why her opinion of me mattered so much, or even at all. Her accusations couldn't have been more untrue at face value. However, the underlying messages being sent along with her accusation presented some truth. Deep down, I believed that I was a bad mother. I began to ask myself if I was doing enough as a mother. I started to question if I was the being the mother that I wanted to be to my children. I started to question and check in with my priorities. I used the situation and removed the sense of attack to transform it into a period of reflection for myself. I was able to quiet the inner chatter typically triggered by our protective system, better known as getting defensive, to be able to listen to what was actually happening inside of me. Unusual and unexpected. After sharing this experience with multiple people, I found that my ability to tune out those defensive reflexes was not very common. Most people said that if it had been them, they would have given that lady a piece of their mind. One person even said they would have punched her in the face. Regardless, the common thread is that most would engage and escalate the situation. I can completely relate to this reaction because once upon a time, that would have been my reaction as well. This was the first situation I had encountered that showed me how far I had come personally. In a moment of attack, I was able to see the lesson about myself and not instantly defer blame to the other individual. As backwards as it may sound, over the years, I have come to learn and appreciate that the more messed up a situation is, the greater the lesson. It also appears that if we fail to listen or recognize the lessons we need to learn, the situations presented become bigger and more of a spectacle, almost like the universe is screaming for your attention. See, this lesson of exploring my new identity as a mother had come up several times before, yet each time it presented itself, I chose to process it at face value or barely scratch the surface. In fact, three years prior, the same lesson presented itself in a much more reasonable fashion. I even woke up and paid attention briefly, so much so that I wrote that I wrote about it. This blog article was one of my first ever as a new business owner, and to date, it's still one of my most successful posts. The blog post. Wednesday, I got the dreaded phone call from my daughter's daycare. Folks with children can probably re- probably relate. The call informs you that your child has a fever and must be picked up immediately and cannot return until not having a fever for 24 hours. The phone call always equals frustration and anxiety. It literally translates as, 
plan on leaving work early today, plan on not being at work tomorrow and possibly the day after. Decide if your child must see the doctor and or find a sitter for the times that you have a previous engagement that you cannot get out of. Now, I know I might have a mild form of obsessive compulsive behavior. I like to plan. Specifically, I like to know how much time I have available to complete my tasks and projects. When that time is snatched away in a manner that is beyond my control, I enter camp unhappy. After spending an afternoon in camp unhappy, I reflected that even on how I got there and why. Frankly, the result of my reflection was that I was disgusted with myself. When examining the facts, I had become upset because I had to leave work to take care of my baby girl, my bundle of joy who was sick and needed her mommy. Why did this upset me? Because it disrupted my plans? The following day, I attended the only previous engagement that I needed to be at while my sick little girl stayed with her Lola, a.k.a. Grandma, I got into a conversation with someone about generations. Now, conversations about generations are typically the norm norm for me since it's been a hot topic lately. Yet this discussion somehow shifted to work-life balance. The individual I was talking with stated how she respected a particular generation's views of work-life balance, in particular their ability to let it go, to leave work at work and come home, to truly be with their family, not just physically home while mentally still working. I believe that there are no coincidences and things happen for a reason. People are placed in your path and say things at specific times for a reason. It's up to us to be open and ready-minded to learn the lesson. This moment, quite frankly, was a slap in the face for me. One large reason I was starting my business was in order to have the freedom to create an organization I believed in 100%, and putting family first was a value I planned to instill within my company. Here we were a week away from my grand opening, and I was already slipping. Now I ask you, what is your work-life balance situation like? Did it need it? Does. Does it need an adjustment? Perhaps not a major adjustment, just like a minor one like mine. Work-life balance is such a buzzword right now, yet we need to figure out what it means for us individually. What I need in my life to maintain my work-life balance is different than what you need. Regardless, it's important to get a pulse on exactly what this balance is. Asking yourself, is the balance you have the one you are seeking? How does your current balance align with your priorities? No such thing as coincidences. If you remember in the first story I shared with you, the word that woman repeatedly used to describe me was disgusting. In the blog post written three years prior, I wrote that I was disgusted with myself. This woman and her blatant confrontation was my own shadow confronting me. The shadows I see in you reflect the shadows I see within me. The light I see in you reflects the light I see within me. I needed to answer the question for myself. Why am I disgusted with myself as a mother? This question is not very comfortable to process. In fact, my role and identity as a mother is probably one of the most, if not the most vulnerable one I hold as an individual. This explains why I needed a universe smackdown moment. Regardless of how unpleasant it is, I have found that the lessons which result in monumental growth are typically the most uncomfortable. 
they are also the ones we frequently attempt to avoid. This only results in them materializing in more and more ways, giving us the feeling that we are surrounded, trapped, and unable to escape. But we totally can. The escape route is within you. So think on this. The next time you're asking, why does this keep happening to me? Reasonable expectations. Recently, I was teaching a workshop in which a participant asked for further clarification. The person said that when they heard me apply the concepts to my own life, it made perfect sense. But when they attempted to apply it to their own, they got lost. The example I used above is extreme for sure. If as you read the story, you were thinking there is no way I could ever be in a place where I could separate myself from the moment and learn a lesson about myself, I totally get it. That was me at one point too. I share it because it's possible. I'm not some sort of superhuman or spiritual guru. I am mortal, living my life one day at a time like everyone else. But the way we live it can be different. And it is moments like these that can change everything. Exposed in this chapter. Number one, the more messed up a situation is, the greater the lesson. Number two, if we fail to listen or recognize the lessons we need to learn, the situations presented become bigger and more of a spectacle, almost like the universe is screaming for you to pay attention. Number three, people are placed in your path and say things at specific times for a reason. It's up to us to be open and ready-minded to learn the lesson. Number four. The lessons which result in monumental growth are typically the most uncomfortable. And number five, the escape route is within you.